District attorneys are unusual among elected officials. They run for their public office as members of a political party, but they're quick to say that prosecutors should never let politics influence their decisions once they're in office. And in Colorado, it's common for DA candidates to run unopposed, both by their own party in the primaries and by the opposite party in the general elections. But partisan politics and money have played an increasingly prominent role in the DA elections for Colorado's high-profile urban districts. The 2016 cycle saw a rise in money from outside Colorado and independent spending on DA races, and the high-profile judicial districts sometimes attract candidates with career political ambitions. Welcome back to Hearsay from Law Week, Colorado. I'm Julia Cardi. In the first episode of our Elected Justice series diving into this November's district attorney elections, I'm looking at how DA races have gotten increasingly political from outside spending and heightened attention. Sources I spoke to thought a few factors could be driving the increased attention on major DA races. DAs have power that, in many ways, is unchecked. And because the races don't typically garner as much attention as other state races, a few thousand dollars in contributions can have a proportionately bigger influence. Those factors can make an attractive combination for independent spending. Chris Jackson, a partner at Holland & Hart, said the unilateral power prosecutors have, coupled with heightened scrutiny on criminal law issues, makes DA elections attractive to influence efforts. So one with DA offices in particular, they have a lot more discretion than I think most people think. If you're a district attorney, you're charging decisions. So what charges you're bringing against a particular defendant, whether you're going to charge them with anything at all, what kind of an agreement you might get for them to plead out to a lesser offense. All of those things are essentially unreviewable, except maybe outside of the political process. So if there's enough kind of knowledge among the public that a DA is doing something really good or really bad, maybe they'll vote one way or another. But other than that, there just aren't very many checks on a lot of the things that the district attorney does on a day-to-day basis. And so I think that might go some way in explaining why the district attorney's office as a local office is more interesting than, I don't know, a race for dog catcher or something that might not have the same kind of unfettered discretion in what they do. So that's one big thing. The second thing I would say is certainly recently, criminal justice issues have become a really big thing. uh, And there are a lot of people who are pushing really hard for reform. You see that both in the money that's coming into races, but also candidates who are running on particular platforms that are talking about social justice issues. And so I think that might also go some way in explaining why, at least recently, you see an uptick in the amount of money that is going to DA races. The third reason is that There are a lot of local races that you can have a fair amount of impact on with money. So the governor's race, for example, in Colorado, there are a ton of people who are involved in that. A ton of people are spending money, a ton of people who are focused on it. It's harder to make an impact, even if you have a lot of money to spend in a race like that. But if you're talking about a district attorney's race in a particular judicial district in one state, there just aren't that many people paying attention and writing a check for five, ten, twenty thousand dollars really can make a substantial impact in a way that it can't for other races. Boulder's DA Michael Doherty said he believes Colorado's four hundred dollar limit on individual direct contributions reduces the chances it might appear politics influenced a DA's decisions. Before moving to Colorado, Doherty worked as a line prosecutor in the Manhattan DA's office. It's obviously much harder to raise money, but the positive part of it is that no one can really question the integrity of the district attorney based solely on a financial contribution. So I would hope that if you had a district attorney, their integrity uh, or their decisions would not be influenced by any amount of money, whether it's 
$360,000 or 36000 or four hundred. dollars shouldn't matter. But I think it certainly removes the appearance of any impropriety if you have a contribution of $200 as opposed to $25,000. The disadvantage, of course, is much harder to raise money. Uh, and that the money there is important just to get the word out to the community about who you are, what you stand for, and what you'll do as district attorney. Personally, I'd rather be where we are here in Colorado with tighter contribution limits. But Amy Padden, the Democratic DA candidate in the 18th District, took a somewhat different perspective on the $400 total limit in a previous interview with Law Week. The 18th District has about a fifth of Colorado's population, with well over a million people. By contrast, members of the state legislature represent a few hundred thousand people maximum, and their seats have the same limit. And the state's $400 cap on individual contributions hasn't stopped big spending on district attorney races. In the 2016 election cycle, George Soros gave about $1.2 million to Colorado Safety and Justice, a PAC that spent a lot of money to elect a Democratic DA candidate in the 1st Judicial District, Jake Lilly. Lilly didn't win that election, and he failed to get his party's nomination for DA this past June. This year, Blue Flower Action has spent more than $26,000 to elect Amy Padden. The Colorado Working Families Party has spent almost $19,000 in support of her. On June 11th, the committee received $50,000 from the National Working Families Independent Spending Committee, highlighting an indirect way money from outside Colorado can influence the state races. I'll note that Tracer, Colorado's online system for campaign finance reporting, doesn't have an option to sort contributions based on the donor's location, so it's difficult to systematically track money that's going to candidates or independent spending committees from outside Colorado. But current 18th Judicial District DA George Brockler, who is term-limited, doesn't think influence from outside Colorado on DA races is a good trend. You're looking for how these positions get hyper-politicized? That's it right there. And whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, you should resist that at the campaign level. I mean, if Ted Cruz wanted to come in and endorse the Republican candidate in this race, my hope is he would say thank you, but no thank you. Your opinion from Texas is irrelevant to the job of district attorney in the 18th Judicial District. That's what we need to keep politics at bay. Right now, independent committee spending on DA races is murky for this year's elections. A committee called Colorado's District Attorney Association Action appeared in late August. Their registered purpose is to, quote, support experienced pro-public safety district attorney candidates who value sensible law enforcement reforms regardless of party affiliation. As of September 21st, they've raised just over $200. A committee called the Justice First Committee was registered in September with a stated purpose to get Amy Padden elected. But as of September 21st, they haven't raised any money. For several months, Padden's Republican opponent in the 18th, John Kellner, was raising a fraction of what Padden was raising. But in the last month and a half or so, he started gaining on her, and direct contributions to his campaign have topped $111,000 compared to Padden's more than $146,000. Kellner got a $4,500 boost from the 18th Republican Judicial District, which is a political party committee and so can donate more than individual people. George Brockler believes the state's term limits on DAs also heightens the politics of the elections. Colorado is unusual in having term limits on DAs, and the practice can attract career politicians who see a DA position as a stepping stone to elevate their political profiles. Several Colorado politicians also have backgrounds as prosecutors. 
Former Governor Bill Ritter served three terms as Denver's district attorney. The district's current DA, Beth McCann, served four terms in the state house. Congressman Ken Buck served as Weld County's district attorney from 2005 to 2014. A few other members of the state house have been line prosecutors. I think that has led to a great politicization of this office. You see more and more people willing to run for district attorney for political reasons, not for prosecution reasons, not for public safety reasons. And so you see a lot more candidates vying for these seats who have little or no experience in criminal justice. And given the great unknowns that the next district attorney will confront in any jurisdiction, but specifically in this one, uh, I think that's a daunting proposition. Democrat Michael Doherty, Boulder's DA, probably doesn't share a lot of ideological similarities with the Republican George Brockler, but they both think term limits have contributed to the politicization of Colorado's DA races. Our mission is to do justice in every case and do the right thing. And that calculation, that analysis, that commitment should not change based on whether you're a Democrat, Republican, or independent. And the DA should operate free of any political uh, influence or political party. And although the DA should be an elected position, once in office, the DA should ensure that every decision that he or she and their staff makes is free of any political influence whatsoever. And I think when you operate in a world of term limits, it means a couple things. First, people are focused on the fact that the elected district attorney is only going to be in office for a relatively short period of time, whether it be four, eight, or 12 years. That has an impact, of course, on the people in the office, the turnover in the office, and the amount of experience in the office. But I think it also increases the interest for others who want to run for DA just because it's more of a possibility with the turnover that you have with term limits. So I think there's a lot of different dynamics at play there, but to me it comes down to when you inject term limits into the DA's office, you need people with real experience and integrity who can make sure that decisions are being made free of any concern about their political future or career options after they're done being district attorney. The contested DA races this year are more the exception than the norm. Only six of 22 races have both Democrat and Republican candidates running. In the 2016 election, about half the districts had unopposed races. Tom Raines, executive director of the Colorado District Attorney's Council, said he thinks candidates that run unopposed in the urban districts has to do with their population's political makeup leaning heavily left or right. I think the starting point is the larger jurisdictions generally draw more contested elections nationwide. And, and generally, um, I think you start there. Then you look at what those communities, what the demographics are like. So in Colorado, you get some large jurisdictions where you still often have uncontested DA elections be, merely because of the, the kind of the political makeup. So you have Denver, you have El Paso County, which is paired with Teller County. Weld County is another heavily Republican district slash county, Boulder and Denver being kind of the two lead Democrat heavy districts. So I think decisions are made in, in those types of jurisdictions where, frankly, it's, it's a cost benefit analysis and, and just pragmatism that dissuades some candidates from the minority party from even kind of taking it on. So because they just understand the lay of the land, a Democrat candidate in Weld County is highly unlikely to stand a chance, just as a Republican candidate in Boulder County is probably equally unlikely to have success. So 
I think is a general proposition. That's why you don't see contested races in, in kind of any of those districts that are kind of whatever the percentages are, but more heavily one party or the other to the point that it kind of dissuades an individual from taking on that challenge because that's, that's a key to this. It's, it's not easy. It's not an easy job. It's not an easy endeavor to jump into the political foray. It's not easy to get elected. And, and oftentimes individuals are giving up quite a bit to make that decision. That type of clearly delineated political makeup in Colorado's districts will get put to the test in 2024. The 18th Judicial District's mixed political makeup is something of an outlier among Colorado's urban districts because it covers four counties. In 2025, Douglas, Elbert, and Lincoln will split off from Arapahoe to form a 23rd Judicial District. The two newly drawn districts will elect their DAs in November 2024. Although lawmakers this year cited the 18th district's burgeoning population as the reason for the split, George Brockler thinks the motivation has everything to do with the district's diverging political makeup. So in the last, gosh, at least four DA election cycles, the Arapahoe County has gone for the Democrat candidate for president. And yet they continue to have Republican district attorneys largely because Douglas, Elbert, and Lincoln have gone for Republicans. And so back in 2012, even though I outperformed Mitt Romney in Arapahoe County, I lost Arapahoe County by something like nine points. That's eight years ago. But I won the entire jurisdiction by seven points because of the overwhelming difference in who these people are that, that, and the way that they vote. So I do think that that suggests maybe Arapahoe County is entitled to have their own district attorney. And it sounds like if they did, they'd want to have a Democrat. They're entitled to do it. And I think that makes a lot of sense. That's it for this episode of Hearsay. The next episode of our Elected Justice series features my interview with this year's Republican candidate in the 18th district. He's a career prosecutor who has worked under George Brockler for the last several years. Thanks for listening. I'm Julia Carty. See you next time.